With more than 20 million people in America suffering from thyroid dysfunction, this is a growing concern, especially for women as they are five to eight times more likely to suffer from poor thyroid health. Your thyroid is interconnected with a lot of organs and systems in your body. So when it's off, there are a whole slew of frustrating symptoms that can follow. This episode is like a thyroid 101 or maybe a 102 class. Dr. Wendy Davis joins me. She's been a naturopathic doctor for 20 years, specializing in getting to the root cause of women's hormone issues. We discuss nearly everything you need to know to understand the thyroid, how to get the help that you need if you're struggling, and how to keep the thyroid healthy. Welcome to the Daily Wellness Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Meredith. I've led my family on a transformative health journey for over a decade, and now I help other families do the same. So this is a place where you can learn about healthy living and take the next step in your wellness journey. Dr. Wendy, thanks for joining us again on the Daily Wellness Podcast. You are very welcome. It is so awesome to be here. Yeah, I loved our conversation on sleep last time. Just so many good um, tidbits for people to really improve their sleep. And now we're going to talk about the thyroid today, which I also think is going to be huge for people because as we were just chatting before recording, I just think this issue has blown up. Like there are so many people experiencing issues with their thyroid and it's kind of a confusing thing to wrap your mind around, you know, what it is you know, what the problem is, how to fix it. So let's chat about all the things. Can you kind of introduce yourself to us and then we'll get into it? You bet. Yeah. So I'm Dr. Wendy Davis. I'm a naturopathic doctor and I practice kind of in the middle of nowhere, rural Saskatchewan, Ontario, Canada. <laughs> and um, yeah, it's great. It's actually been amazing. So I practiced in Ontario for 13 years and I've been out West now um, for another seven. And um but yeah, I I see a lot of different things because my practice is rural and, um, you know, it's like common cold to cancer, but I do see and I have sort of a special affinity for all things hormone and thyroid being a pretty big uh, factor in our hormone balance. I see an absolute heap of patients with thyroid problems. So yeah. this is a perfect topic. Yeah. Well, congrats on 20 years in practice. Yeah, I know. That's crazy. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> I just all the people that you've helped over those years. That's incredible. Um, so can you just educate us on the thyroid? What is it? Why is this important? Sure. So the thyroid's a little gland. It's a, it's a hormone producing gland. It sits just sort of at the base of our throat. It's a butterfly shaped gland. Um, a lot of people also, I'll just say there's um, a parathyroid, which virtually has nothing to do with the thyroid. I mean, they're all connected. It's all in one body, but People, um, when we hear it, it's a terrible naming, <laughs> but yeah, thyroid is kind of separate from the parathyroid. They do different things. Um, so the thyroid gland, it's, um, it's, it's a pretty big deal actually. Like, so people, you know, I hear a lot of complaints about it because it does impact so many different systems. So it is, um, a large part of the endocrine or the hormone system. And so it interacts really closely with the adrenal glands that produced, produce adrenaline, cortisol, they're sort of our stress, um, stress glands, which also produce some other hormones and also with the ovaries. So I sort of put the thyroid, the ovaries and the, and the adrenals into this little triangle. There's a triad that's really, really important um, because, you know, if, for example, if we have like extra stress and lots of over adrenal function, then that'll shut down 
the thyroid. I kind of described the thyroid as almost like the braking system. Like if everything else is kind of going haywire, the thyroid slows down. And so of course people didn't want just to speed up the thyroid, but I'm like, oh, but why is the body doing what it's doing? So we know when um, we look at symptoms for you know what they are, not just something to try to suppress. We know that the thyroid works with the adrenals, it works with the ovaries. And so when we're dealing with thyroid, it's interacting with all of those, those other um, organ systems. Yeah, that's definitely something I want to talk about when we get into kind of how you approach, you know, treating the thyroid, because I do think that's important not to just look at the thyroid as an isolated thing. Hey, Daily Wellness listeners, whether you are plant obsessed or anxious to grow more of your own food, a greenhouse can help extend your plant collection and your growing season. I wanted to do both of those things, actually and searched for a greenhouse that was both gorgeous and full of functional features. I found all that I needed and more in my greenhouse from Backyard Discovery. To see all three of their designs, visit the link in the show notes. I'll be sharing updates on social media as we get ours set up and filled over the next few months. Now back to the episode. Um, I also heard that like the thyroid is pretty connected to our metabolic health. Is that true? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So it it's it is, I sort of liken it as like our spark plug. Like if you have soggy spark plugs, I don't care. You know, if you have a car and you've got brand new windshield wipers, you have a brand new paint job and there's might be fuel in the gas tank, but if you have soggy spark plugs, you're not going to get very far. And that's kind of what the thyroid is. It just sparks everything else. Like it really does help the metabolism of, of everything. So not just like, you know, <clears throat> digesting and assimilating nutrients, but our brain health, our bone health, you know, mental health, all of that kind of thing. Yeah, that is huge though. Yeah. So what are the signs that something is off with your thyroid? Like if someone comes to you with some issues, what are your like light bulbs as to this might be a thyroid issue? Right. So um, basically, so I'll go through some of the signs and symptoms that I see and that I can even sort of backtrack and sort of just say like why the thyroid will impact that because yeah, it impacts so much. So I mean, the biggest thing is fatigue, which is hard because I mean, everyone's tired these days. So like, that's such a nebulous symptom. So I'm like, oh, great. All right, you're tired. Let's, let's, you know, is it a B12 deficiency or do you have low thyroid? So, but fatigue, the biggie, um, weight gain, like a rapid weight gain or an inability to, inability to lose weight, um, extreme sensitivity to cold, the lateral three, um, one third of, of people's eyebrows will sometimes fall out if there's low thyroid, puffy face or like puffiness underneath the eyes, hoarse voice, heavy or irregular periods, um, a low or slow heart rate, difficulty concentrating like that brain fog, cold hands, cold feet, depression, sometimes anxiety, constipation is pretty common, dry hair, dry skin, achy joints and muscles, just sort of a generally like lowered immune system. And then something else that's really not picked up on very often is people will have like random chronic highs when they have mm-hmm. thyroid function, which um, I actually don't know where that happens, <laughs> but I see that actually fairly common. Yeah, that's so interesting. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, the reason we see so much is because, like I said, the, there are thyroid receptors in virtually every part of the body. So, you know, in the brain, it helps to maintain like cognitive function and, you know, how we think. So that brain fog, our moods, our sleep patterns, the metabolism we talked about, like how quickly you use energy, produce heat, break down nutrients. Um, it impacts the gut because it increases mobility. So then if you don't have good gut health, um, you're not getting proper um, like regulation of the hormones, but then you get constipation, the bones, it impacts the immune system, our skin, 
muscles, liver, lungs, like it's everywhere. So people really feel crummy, but there's so many different symptoms that it's hard to be like, you know, it's absolutely just this one, one issue. So it does take a little bit of digging, but it does impact lots. Yeah. So what is the digging that you do? How do you figure out yeah. if this is really what is causing it? <clears throat> so as I mentioned to you probably in the previous podcast, my sister is an MD. So it's not like NDs against MDs. Like it's not at all like that. We just look at things a little bit differently. And so a lot of my patients will come in with some blood tests. And they, the only test the doctor's done is TSH or thyroid stimulating hormone. And it's a it's an older test, but the reference range I think is really outdated. Um, and when we see things functionally, we know that the the normal reference range that people are sort of clumped into to be like healthy, it doesn't work. Like people will be given a healthy, you know, they're told by the doctor, oh, you're fine, it's not your thyroid, and they feel like death warmed over. And so what happens is when your TSH, when that thyroid stimulating hormone increases, the thyroid function decreases. So it's an inverse relationship. Okay. And so in most labs, and I think actually between this is sometimes when we talk about American versus Canadian labs, there's different um, units, but actually when it comes to thyroid, it's pretty consistent. So I generally say if your TSH is above two or definitely 2.5, then your thyroid function is low. So, but then we, we want to know why. So TSH is great, but then, so that's just the brain. That's the pituitary talking to the thyroid, but we actually don't know what's the thyroid doing. So I will send patients for a complete blood test and it'll have TSH, T3, T4, which are the main hormones. Um, and then, then I also look for antibodies. So um, TPO or thyroglobin antibodies. And then there's another one, reverse T3, because we really want to find out if that TSH is high, well, why? Like, great, it's high. We want to just, you know, give a synthetic hormone. We want to find out, is there an autoimmune dis dis disorder? Like what else is going on? So the, the first thing for sure would be blood work. Okay. And so is that what you would recommend basically to someone who is trying to talk to their doctor through this, suggests that there's thyroid, you know, suspects rather that there are thyroid issues. Those are the testing markers that you would have them ask for. Yeah. Or look so for. TSH, T3, T4, the two antibodies and reverse T3 would be the bare minimum. Yeah. And then some doctors end up, the problem here in Canada is if you fit in that normal reference range, they won't do any further testing. So that's where you sometimes have to really educate yourself and educate your physician to say, look, I have all these symptoms and I would like to do some more investigating. So that would be the first thing. Um, I will also look, because there's such a connection with the thyroid to our ovaries, to our adrenal glands, there's also a test called the Dutch test, the dried urine hormone test. It's amazing. It's super easy. It's available in Canada. It's available in the States. And it really gives us a deep dive into all the other hormones that can directly impact the thyroid. So um, that's a really great test. I'll also do reflex testing because if your thyroid is low, you actually have slower reflexes. So you know that when you like have the hammer, it's on your knee. And so if you don't have the, the foot kick up, that could be, you know, slow or, or low thyroid. And then the last thing I look at is people's fingernails. If there's ridging in the fingernails, that can be like a low production of stomach acid. You're not absorbing nutrients properly. And it's very common with low thyroid to have low production of stomach acid. What would you say for people who are really struggling with their weight gain uh, related to thyroid issues? Because I know that's all everything is a struggle, but weight gain can be just so demoralizing, you know, when you your body just changes so much and you can't get control of it. Yeah. And I'll be honest, this is probably like weight is one of the 
I mean, it's it's a it's a big reason why I see people for sure. I think a lot of people want to blame it on their thyroid when really that's not the case. And so I will have people, women come in and say, you know, weight's an issue. I'm pretty sure it's my thyroid. We do the testing and it's fine. Like, and we do the deep dive testing and it's not the thyroid. But that said, it could be estrogen. It could be stress, it could be lack of sleep. It could be insulin. Like there's so many different players. The the th- And I think to be honest, that's sometimes why women get a bit medically gaslit and they go to their doctors, I'm feeling tired and I've gained weight. And they're like, you're just not exercising and eating properly, right? Like, it, it, and so it it is definitely an issue because it's so hard, but it's not always the issue. Like, I don't find that, I mean, there's, you know, normal weight women that have low thyroid. Mm-hmm. So it it's, it's there, but it's not always the thing that's going to fix people with, that are overweight. Yeah, that's a good clarification. I think that just... If, if you're going in and you're trying to work on your thyroid, right, and you're trying to change your diet, but your weight isn't changing, like, don't give up. Like, <laughs> there are other factors that play that you can look at. Yeah. This is really interesting just to hear you connect all the dots. You know, someone goes in for, like, they're having digestive issues. They're not going to be thinking, oh, my thyroid, you know? Yeah. It's why I, I, I always joke that, like, when I was little, I wanted to be Nancy Drew. I was like, girl detective. That was my thing. And I'm like, well, now I get to do it, but with people's health and it's a little bit safer. <laughs> so right. yeah, I love getting to like the root cause of it because I don't want to just give a green band-aid. Yeah. I know there's a lot of different names thrown around for thyroid diseases. So can you take us through like when you're looking at test results, what are the things that you are seeing and diagnosing? For sure. So yeah, so hypothyroid is low thyroid. Okay. But in the world of low thyroid, we have Hashimoto's which is an autoimmune disease. And that I'm seeing a lot more. Um, And there could be a number of reasons why we're seeing a lot of that. But Hashimoto's thyroiditis is when, um, well, actually an elevated number of those antibodies that I was talking about. There's also, and then the the opposite end of the spectrum, there's Graves disease, which is hyperthyroid. And so that's when, and that's that's a little bit trickier to treat. I actually don't see very much Graves. I see much more of the Hashimoto's and the low thyroid. Um, and then obviously sometimes people will become low thyroid if they've had thyroid cancer and the thyroids had to be removed. So that's sort of um, not like, well, I mean, it's a it's a obviously a problem with the thyroid and then the thyroid's not there. There's also um, Wilson's thyroid syndrome, which is not as commonly talked about. And it's just there was a doctor um, out of the States and he really found that, you know, women typically women's blood work would look fine but all the symptoms were there. But the most important thing was they would have low body temperature. And so we, it could be treated by using different hormones. Um, and then also I just find, I, I call it sort of subclinical hypothyroid. And I really don't know exactly why, but it could be because there's, you know, an estrogen dominance or excessive stress that's just really suppressing. So there's a lot of reasons why we can have low thyroid. Yeah. And it, that's good that you mentioned some of those other hormones, because I think it is becoming more common in the health and wellness world, at least, to talk about hormones, um, you know, we talk about estrogen, we talk about testosterone, we talk about cortisol a little bit more. And I think maybe we're getting there a little bit with the thyroid, too, um, you know, getting there with education and just awareness. Um, but I don't think it's like the most common thought of, you know, if people think, oh, I might have hormone issues, they're probably not thinking of the thyroid first. So I just love that you're bringing all those pieces together. Yeah, um, and I see it a lot. Like when I have women that come in with infertility or heavy, crazy periods, like they just think it's ovaries, right? That's what they're right. They don't look at the stress and the thyroid and how it all fits together. 
Yeah. So we can't just isolate that and think of one hormone acting independently. No, if you look at the hormone cascade, like I always liken it to a symphony, right? Like, so you have this beautiful symphony and then you have one squeaky flute or a clarinet that's off. That entire symphony doesn't sound right. And that's exactly hormones. Like I find endocrinology fascinating, but incredibly challenging because one thing just changes the trajectory of everything else. And so it's, it's, it's tricky, but it's also amazing because then you get that flute or that trumpet playing properly again and everything kind of works better, sounds better. Yeah. Well, I want to talk about that and how you would even go about addressing that. But you also mentioned um, autoimmune. You said the word autoimmune in here. And so I think it might be good if we talk about maybe what that is and how that can be connected to a thyroid disease. Right. So Hashimoto's thyroiditis, it is an autoimmune condition. So other autoimmune conditions would be like multiple sclerosis, rheumatoid arthritis, lupus. Those would be other like autoimmune conditions. And so basically what happens in any autoimmune condition is the body is basically attacking itself. And so in Hashimoto's thyroiditis, the body is attacking the thyroid. And that's when we get those increased levels of antibodies. So um, I would say in the last three to four years, autoimmune conditions have gone through the roof, any autoimmune, like whether it's MS and Hashimoto's or, I mean, I have a condition called ankylosing spondylitis. It's in that same family of like, rheumatoid arthritis, lupus. Um, and so mine was diagnosed years ago, but you know, it's, it's, there's just a lot of them. Um, and so a lot of the treatment, regardless of what autoimmune condition you are suffering from is the same. Like we look at gut health, we look at stress, we look at, you know, viral or bacterial, um, impacts. I mean, maybe we do a whole other talk on, um, autoimmunity next time, but yeah, so big and, conventionally, unfortunately, I can speak from experience, the treatment is suppression. It really is not like it's suppressing the immune system. It's trying to get things under control. It really isn't looking at why is the body freaking out and attacking itself, which is ultimately what we need to do if we're going to calm it down. Yeah. Well, thinking about that and just how common these things are right now, I just looked at the American Thyroid Association statistics really briefly, which you know, may or may not be super accurate, but it could give us like a an idea of where where we're at. And it said that women are five to eight times more likely to experience struggles with their thyroid, that about 60 percent of people that are having thyroid issues don't even know that they have thyroid issues. And that like statistically, it's about one in eight women, which is a lot <laughs> and maybe even higher. <laughs> Yeah, I would, I would think if I, I don't actually know, I haven't done the like assessment on my practice, but there's a lot of people that I'm working with that have thyroid problems. Yeah. And so why do you think that is? Why do you think we're you're yeah. seeing so much struggle with that? Well, there can be a lot of impacts as to why the thyroid goes out of whack. So because it's horm- hormonal, mm-hmm. um, and women have, I mean, men have hormones too, but women seem to like, you know, men work on like a 24 hour clock women work on a 28 day cycle so there's so much more fluctuation with our hormones so you know you can hyperprolactinemia can impact you can have low testosterone high estrogen high or low cortisol you can have insulin problems like those will all cause some of the issues with with the thyroid um environmentally or lifestyle like a really crummy diet we're not getting the good nutrients that we need to feed the thyroid Mm -hmm. stress you know you have too much stress it actually shuts down um, they can the uh, because what happens is the thyroid 
you know, get stimulation from the TSH thyroid stimulating hormone and it pumps out T4, which is relatively inactive. It then has to lose an iodine molecule to become T3. Well, if you've got lots of stress or you have too much estrogen, it actually slows down that conversion. And that's actually what happens in Hashimoto's as well, is you get a lot of inactive thyroid hormone not converting to the active thyroid hormone. Mm. So that's obviously a problem. Mm. Um, some medications also suppress that, like um, amiodarone is a common medication given to people with atrial fibrillation that will actually cause um, a, a reduction in conversion. Um, just just in our environment, I think this is probably a huge reason yeah. why we've seen so many more thyroid problems is the thyroid's a great big sponge for all these chemicals and toxins. It really is like, you know, our, what's in our makeup, what's in our body care products, what's in our cleaning products, what like everything. I remember um, years ago when we were doing rounds in the hospital and one of the hand sanitizers had um, triclosan in it. And triclosan is an awful, awful chemical that directly like contributes to low thyroid function so whether you know so people in the last two or three years sanitizing the crap out of themselves hmm i wonder if you know if that's right problem because it really does impact the thyroid and then you know so endocrine receptors are in everything and then even you know excessive alcohol and marijuana consumption like those can impact the thyroid too mm -hmm. and if you don't have enough like iodine zinc selenium iron vitamin d protein which goes back to your gut health right if you're not absorbing and digesting then you don't have all the nutrients to make the thyroid hormones and then we also see like causes could be you know pregnancy postpartum if there's been radiation exposure the gut imbalances viral infections bacteria so there's a lot <laughs> there's a lot yeah. to look to for sure yeah. Okay. Well, that's really good to know. So if knowing all of that, and then if you're having these test results, you know, showing you the exact issues that are going on with your thyroid, what are the next steps for your patients at that point? Yeah. So, I mean, my first initial intake is an hour. So I have a lot of time just to bombard people with questions like, what's your sleep? Like your gut health, like your stress, you know, your, your immune history, like how many coughs and cold, like it is very extensive. Um, and so we get a lot of symptoms there. If we look at the blood tests and we've got some results back, then it really is, okay, what is the root cause? Like, what is the, is it, is it just, cause I don't, I mean, it's not always that you're just deficient in thyroid hormones for that like complex like base cause. Like there's gotta be another reason. So I will do a lot of testing. Like I do a lot of blood testing with my patients just because you can't, you just, um, yeah, it, it you can't get the information with right. that. You just be guessing, right? That's yeah. So then we do a lot of work with gut health. Like, absolutely, I make sure that people are producing digestive enzymes. I make sure that there are, you know, lots of probiotics. And then if we do, because sometimes the healing, I sort of say to people, you know what, because they're like, oh, I don't want to take anything for this. I'm like, well, sometimes, you know, if you went out and you went for a run and you sprained your ankle and you twisted your ankle, you wear a brace for a little while while your, your ankle heals and you don't need a brace. Sometimes thyroid medication is, is the same way. It's treating the symptom, but it's letting the rest of your body heal and then maybe you don't need it. And some people do need it. Like it, it's really hit and miss. But I use a lot of, as a naturopath, we can prescribe um, natural desiccated thyroid. And so what that is, is it's a porcine, it's a pig-based thyroid. And so it contains both T3 and T4. Because like I, so if you went to your conventional doctor and physician said, oh, we need to cut you on thyroid medication, it'll be L-troxin or Synthroid, which is a synthetic T4, okay? So you get the T4, your body then has to break it down into T3 and then to be active. Well, if you have too much cortisol or too little cortisol or too much estrogen, 
or, you know, if there's all of these factors, you have an autoimmune disease, you're not getting that conversion to the actual active hormone. And so when you're using the desiccated thyroid, you're getting both T4 and the T3. So I find that both with Hashimoto's in particular, but even some people just with those imbalances um, in like in their gut and in their liver and all these places where conversion happened, that that desiccated thyroid really, really helps. But it's never done in isolation. Like if we can figure out, okay, well, yeah, there's other hormone imbalances or there's stress or, you know, we're working on that in conjunction. Okay. Yeah, that's great. And like, do you give them some guidance on dietary changes and stuff for their gut health? You will for sure. Like I always do testing to find out if people are even producing stomach acid because again, people with low thyroid tend to have low stomach acid. If you low stomach acid, then you're not breaking down and digesting and absorbing your nutrients. Lots of people, this is the irony, I may have touched on this before, but a lot of people will think, oh, I've got heartburn and reflux. I must have too much stomach acid when an actual fact is almost always the opposite. So people are put on these medications to suppress stomach acid to stop the heartburn and it's making the whole situation worse because you have even lower stomach acids. You're not breaking down anything. You're not absorbing anything. So it's this vicious cycle. So um, yeah, so digestive enzymes or I love digestive bitters, probiotics, like that's the root of, of that's foundationally. And then as far as diet, gluten, which of course everyone's like, oh man, you're a naturopath. You hate gluten. You're right. I do. <laughs> I don't know anyone that's better eating gluten. Okay. People can be fine with it, but they they tend not to be better. Um, but gluten in particular, especially with Hashimoto's is probably enemy number one because there's something about the gluten or the gliadin that actually triggers or um, a bit of a, it's called molecular mimicry. So it almost triggers some of that immune reaction. So by getting rid of the gluten, we just naturally calm down some of that inflammation in the body. Um, and, and that for so many people is like, it's phenomenal. So that's one of the dietary. And then, I mean, some other things that we can look at would just be generally food sensitivity. So I do some food sensitivity testing with my patients to really make sure that they're not eating something every single day that's causing a problem. Yeah. Causing inflammation and not allowing them to heal. And yeah. Yeah. And what about like you kind of mentioned a little bit when you're talking about the different types of treatment options, just hormone therapy in general, like what is your opinion on that just just for clarity's sake like i know some people seek that out as a treatment option like what do you think about that yeah so yeah so in well in different parts of canada naturopaths can prescribe bioidentical hormones so i can prescribe desiccated thyroid um estrogen and progesterone so those are the three actual hormones that we can prescribe i use a lot of them i see a lot of perimenopausal and menopausal women um, I'm of the age or I'm starting to get into that as well. So I'm using myself as a guinea pig, which is also really fun. But um, <laughs> I'm a big fan. I really think, you know, and my sister and I, like I said, MD, MD, our mom was never properly treated when she was going through menopause and when she, you know, had some hormone regulators. And she is like the poster child for everything that can possibly go wrong. Like there's osteopenia, there's some dementia, there's some cardiac problems, like you name it, she's had it. So you know, my sister and I both come from a slightly different perspective, but we both are huge believers in the fact that, you know, women now are living longer. And so we're living potentially 30 or 40 years in our perimenopausal, postmenopausal life. That's a long time to be without certain hormones. And so a lot of women think, oh, I don't have night sweats. I don't have hot flashes. Great. Consider yourself lucky, but your bones need hormones. Your brain needs hormones, your skin. Your like, There's so much that we need those for that are 
just beyond, you know, night sweats and hot flashes. So part and parcel of the, you know, bioidentical that I do, it is thyroid, it's estrogen, it's progesterone, but it's supporting the whole body. It, it really is. But those are the ones that I can use. Um, and I use them quite regularly and I find them very safe. Like they really are. I do. That's why I'll use actually the Dutch test because the cool thing about the Dutch test, it's not just giving you this like bucket of estrogen or progesterone or testosterone. Like it's not just telling you a number. It's looking at how's your body actually breaking it down. So if you have a, you know, a fairly toxic liver and you're not actually metabolizing some of the hormones, well, I'm not just going to dump more into your system. We're going to make sure that you're utilizing them properly because my job is not to make you worse down the road. It's really just to like balance everything out. So the Dutch test is very cool for that. Okay. That's good to know. Cause I think like there's a little bit of fear and misinformation about hormone therapy out there. Yeah. It's really too bad because the Women's Health Initiative, and it's like 25 years old now, like that's an old bunch of research. And, you know, if you really dig into it, which is not exactly exciting work to do, but, right. you know, I don't agree with that. But if you look at the patient base that they use, they weren't like, you know, the beacons of health to begin with. And they use some synthetic hormones. They use them in doses that we don't use. It it wasn't a great study, quite honestly. I think women have been really, really left in the lurch. I, I mean, I would say my mom was part of that because she was of that era where it just, you know, hormones are bad. And I mean, the quality of life for women wasn't great. Maybe they maybe they would have got breast cancer, dementia, or heart attack. I don't know, but they also suffered day to day and needlessly. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping that some people here like that are struggling with their thyroid and maybe haven't thought of it holistically before you know, maybe they've seen their doctor and maybe they do realize that there's something off with their hormone, but they haven't really been treating it holistically. Um, they've been just been treating it kind of more specifically. Um, what would your advice be to those people at this point? Like what could, yeah, what steps could they take? Yeah. And I think it's, I mean, it's self-educated. Like the more you go in and can just say like, I've done my research. I, you know, I didn't, and people are like, oh, I Googled stuff and I'm sorry. I'm like, no, like do your research. Like where do most people get their information is Google. Like you're not going to a medical library and digging up textbooks. So yeah, do your research um, and look at maybe some non-conventional research, meaning some of the different people I really like is there is a pharmacist and her website is um, the thyroidpharmacist.com. Isabella Wentz, she's got amazing information, very, very knowledgeable. So anyhow, so I would say, you know, Go to your doctor, your physician with the information and just say, like, I have all these symptoms. I would really like to investigate further. If they're just unwilling or they just say, no, you're fine. You're within this normal range. I mean, then it really behooves you to try to find, like, whether it's a naturopath or, or a nutritionist or an osteopath or somebody that can do this further testing. Yeah, because I think insurance plays into a plays into this as well as far as the testing that you're going to get and the testing that they're going to be willing to do because they're... It is right. Not- yeah. But as far as what they are going to offer you in a conventional medicine, you know, medical setting is going to be typically what insurance will cover. And so, right. yeah, you have to ask for something beyond that. Yeah. 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 It's a little different up here, but um, still, yeah. that's still limitations. Yeah. All right. Anything else that you feel like we haven't uh, covered? I just another quote that I thought was interesting from the American Thyroid Association is, Um, that more than 12%, this is just talking about the U.S. specifically, but more than 12% of the U.S. population will develop a thyroid condition during their lifetime. So this is definitely something that we need to be educating ourselves on. And, you know, 
as we, especially as moms, you know, listening, people listening to this, if you're a parent, you know, you're modeling that to your children and helping them to develop habits in their life that are going to set them up for success in their health. Yeah, 100%. Absolutely. Any other key factors you think we left out or think we got it? I don't know. It's pretty thorough, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I didn't know if there was any other questions that I didn't even think to ask. No, they're good. I think we've got a lot. Okay. Well, I have three questions I would love to finish with then just for fun. (laughs) And the first one is, what is your favorite go-to morning drink? I love my tea. I am the biggest tea drinker and I drink tea with heavy cream. (laughs) So that is what I look forward to every morning and I sit and I do some reading and yeah, that's, um, I don't do the lemon water. I probably should, but tea. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, you could add a little lemon to your tea and maybe it was. (laughs) All right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, if you guys don't follow Dr. Wendy on Instagram or social media, then you need to because she has these wonderful tea blends that she talks about and she'll go through all of the benefits of them. And so definitely worth checking out. And I will link that in the show notes for you guys. Um, your favorite way to de-stress, what would you do? You bet. I am a runner, so I'll go for a run. That said, when it's like minus 35. I was going to say, do you do that inside right now? Or how does that work? Inside running. Um, and I've also started in the last six months, I've started CrossFit, which I love, 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 love. It's um, an endorphin rush. So those are the two things that I will do to uh, to really de-stress. Yeah, I do CrossFit as well. It's a good strength training. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's awesome. And such a good vibe. And the for the gym I get to go to is just they're good people and everyone's so positive. It's it's such a great it's such a good release. Mm-hmm. And last question is who would you love to see as a guest on the Daily Wellness Podcast? I have actually just started recently working with um Tammy Devell and she's a transformational life coach and she is one in a million. She's truly a remarkable human. Um, Tammy's gone through a lot of her own stuff and she's learned, she's done some incredible teaching as well as learning. She's worked with some really, really cool, um, cool teachers and healers. And so she just has this way about her. And I mean, I will, you can, I mean, see her in person, you can see her like zoom and she does virtual, but she just has a way of like peeling back layers for people with various stress. You know, like I recently gone through separation. And so that was, you know, a bit of trauma and just, you know, the healing and how well I've done, I, I can only say it's been so much to do with her. I mean, she does everything. It's not just like, you know, relationship stuff, but she really does work it with people of all ages. She does a ton of work with kids, a lot with the First Nations in the area. And she just pulls in different like energy work and the physical work. And just she has this like way about her. So she is amazing. So yeah, Tammy is is pretty remarkable. Okay, great recommendation. I mean, having someone help you peel back layers of stress. Oh. <laughs> Everybody needs that. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing all of your wisdom on the thyroid. <laughs> My pleasure. <laughs> I feel like we just took a thyroid 101 class. <laughs> Good. Well, I hope so. That's actually, I am putting out, actually, to tell you this, I am because I want to reach out to so many other people. I'm actually starting to put, ideally, it'll be monthly, but different. Um, online classes that people can purchase. And the first one is called Thyroid 101. So the goal is to have that in the next uh, two or three weeks. Okay. So, Perfect. Yeah. I'll definitely put that in the show notes. Thanks so much. Great. Okie dokie. Have a good rest of your day. Hey, Daily Wellness listeners. If you are enjoying the podcast, would you take a minute to leave a rating or review wherever you are listening? 
I created this podcast so that more people could have easy access to naturally-minded health info, and ratings and reviews really help us expand our reach, so thank you. Thanks for listening to today's episode on the Daily Wellness Podcast. We hope that you found it helpful for your own wellness journey, and if so, we'd love for you to leave a review. Then come back and listen for review shout-outs on upcoming episodes. For more information, check out the show notes and connect with us on our website, dailywellnesscommunity.com. 